Caitlin here back again for another deep dive look at the third part of the daily lesson framework, which is guided oral input. So if you have not yet listened to parts one and two or the daily lesson framework overview episodes, I would highly recommend you scroll back through the older episodes and check those out first before listening to the guided oral input episode. So the guided oral input part of the daily lesson framework is the heart of the lesson. This is the part of the lesson where a lot of teachers tend to spend a ton of time, sometimes going over time and dragging it on a little long, not that it's not fun or interesting or great for students, but in order to get through the rest of the class, this portion tends to be a point where teachers can kind of spend too much time and then they run out of time for the rest of the daily framework. So the guided oral input section of class, again, is the heart of the lesson. This is where you are doing a lot of those familiar CI strategies that you have heard about before, like movie talk, clip chat, picture talk, um, story asking, visual stories, story listening, and so on and so forth. Um, so this is where like class surveys, um, visual surveys, all of that, those main strategies fall into the guided oral input portion of class. And this portion of class is about 10 to 15 minutes long. Um, and this portion of class is the part where I find things can go either like really great or sometimes can go really bad. But what's beautiful about the daily lesson framework is that even if you talk to your students in the guided oral input section of class for only five minutes, you're going to have enough to continue with the rest of the framework. So the guided oral input portion of class is the, is the part where you are speaking to the students in the target language and maybe co-creating a story with them, maybe doing a card talk, maybe getting their preferences and their opinions on different things in the target language. But this is where you also need to make sure you're using their, your comprehensibility skills. Because if students are not with you during this part of class, the rest of the lesson is gonna be shot and it's gonna be super awkward. So I know I previously told you a story in an earlier episode about blank stares not always meaning um, what you think they do. But blank stares during this part of class and non-responses and non-participation can, not always, can be an indicator that you are speaking too fast or that your students are not understanding you. So here are some tips for comprehensibility during the guided oral input portion of class. Number one, make sure you're speaking slow, like uncomfortably slow, especially if you're teaching novices. Um, you don't need to make a long pause between every word, but you might want to pause between every couple of words or a phrase where it makes sense. And that gives students time to process what you just said. So if I'm saying in my sentences, like, I prefer cats more than dogs, don't hate me, um, I might, in Spanish, I might say like, I prefer, pause, pause, cats, pause, pause, more than, pause, pause, dogs. And during that time, I'm also scaffolding their understanding by maybe using hand gestures, maybe drawing pictures, 
maybe making sounds like for the animals. Like my kids learn cat pretty fast because I have three cats and I love cats. But if it's the first time or maybe the only the fifth or sixth time I've used that word, I might say gatos meow. Like I might actually do that to scaffold their understanding. Right. Um, or I might ask them, oh, what are gatos in English? And then have them tell me to make sure they're with me. Um, so again, pausing between the words, using gestures, using sounds, drawing pictures. These all support their understanding. Um, another one I'll do is I might say what I just say. And then I have them like tell me back in English what it is I just said so that I'm with me. Or if I've talked to them for a little bit and I want to just make sure they're understanding, I might say, okay, turn and talk to a partner and say what you just learned about Miss Leopard's preferences and pets. And then that way, if any students miss something, hopefully their partner or the people around them can kind of like fill them in. Um, so another thing that I think is super important during guided role input, especially with novices or earlier on, is to write out the cognates. Because if I say, for example, in Spanish, the word generoso, which means generous, if you hear generoso, they're not going to necessarily know that that means generous because it doesn't have the hard G. But if I write the word generoso out on the board, they will be like, oh, yeah, 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 that looks like generous. It doesn't necessarily sound like it, but it looks like it. So I think as, as language teachers, sometimes we forget that when we say the word generoso, I can picture what that looks like in my head. But if our students haven't read that a lot and haven't matched that sound with the written form of the word, they might not make that connection. So um, a lot of times students need that visual support of having seen the word written out. So during this guided oral input time, this is where you're delivering that new content with, and if you're using stepping stones, this is where you're focusing on that, that language function of, of the cycle and phase. So describing places. So when I am doing my guided oral input, I am going to focus all of my target language use on how to describe that place. Oh, there are people, there are not animals, there are mountains, it's sunny, it's hot, or it's raining, or it's fall, there are trees of many colors, oh, you can hear birds, um, you, can smell, um, you can smell the rain, you can, um, you can see, you know many clouds, it's crowded, it's empty, it's noisy, anything that's going to give people a better picture of what that picture is if they can't see it. Um, or if you're talking about preferences, like, oh, you know, these people prefer cats, these people love dogs, these people don't like cats or dogs, and so on and so forth. So you're keeping... You can talk about whatever you want as long as you keep your language focused on the topic for the cycle and phase. So for describing places, I could have a slideshow of like places around the world, places in the target language cultures and countries, places in our community, um, places around school, really anything you want as long as you're describing a place and trying to include those sensory details. Um, a really good hint for helping you plan your guided oral input is thinking about what you want your students to be able to do at the end of your unit or at the end of the cycle and phase. So for stepping stones at the end of cycle one, phase one, which is about describing places, students, I need to, I want students to be able to um, understand both by, you know, by reading and listening a description of a place 
including sensory details like things they could hear or see or um, smell or touch or feel. And I also want them to be able to write a description including those things. So as a teacher, I need to kind of backwards plan from that rubric and think about if I want them to be able to understand that and to write those things at the end of the phase, I need to model that during my guided oral input and during the rest of the parts of the framework. If you're not using the Stepping Stones curricular framework, that's okay too because this daily lesson framework is super helpful no matter what, but you need to think to yourself, okay, maybe I'm doing, um, maybe I'm just doing like, I'm going to spend like three or four days on a story, maybe a cultural story, and at the end I want them to be able to retell their own version of that cultural story, you know, in the target language. Okay, so then I need to make sure I'm modeling those parts for them that I want them to be able to produce later. Because eventually what goes in will come out, but they need a whole lot, lot, lot of input before they start to get that trickle of output. So this guided oral input portion of class is really focused on the auditory processing with the scaffolding and the supports for understanding because in the rest of the parts of the framework, that's where you'll be turning it into a written text and now they'll be able to make connections between what they heard and what it looks like written. So I hope that gives you a good idea for guided oral input, um, about 10 to 15 minutes of class time. Also, if your guided oral input is bombing that day, as long as you talked about a couple of things that you think you can write about and carry through the rest of the class, go ahead and bail out to the other parts of the framework. Even if your guided role input is going great, after about 15 minutes, you should still bail out to the other parts of the framework because they're going to get repetition and valuable input from written forms in the next parts of the framework. You could always, always come back the next day and continue to discuss similar things. So if we're having a really great time talking about our different preferences and pets during class, I'm still going to cut it off at 15 minutes, but then the next day I can come back and we can revisit what we talked about. So maybe during reading workshop, I pull out the class text that we wrote on day one about our preferences of pets, and then I go into my guided oral input and we continue that conversation. So you can always continue that into the next lesson, but we really recommend getting through that full that full daily framework because then your students get an opportunity to read, to listen, to write, and possibly to speak in the target language in one class period. And they feel really successful. The transition moves quickly so it doesn't feel like any part drags on too long and we find it really successful. Even if you have a block class, I would still not recommend doing more than 15-20 minutes of input because this is like the rigorous, the really rigorous part of class where, again, students are having to listen and make meaning from what they're hearing and their brains are working really hard to process that language and that input. And so if it goes on too long, it can kind of be, it can kind of be a downer um, and it can also be very tiring. So if you have block, there's a lot of other parts of the framework that you'll be able to stretch out. Like I mentioned during norming the class, you could have them do a bell ringer. Like I mentioned during reading workshop, you could pick two of those strategies to use. In the next few episodes, I'll talk about some other ways that you can extend it for block. And if you have really short classes, keep your input to 10 minutes or less. You can still talk about a lot of really good stuff in 10 minutes, that you can carry through the rest of the lesson in the other parts of the framework.